Hi, everyone, and welcome to episode 169 of the Professional Book Nerds podcast presented by Overdrive. This is Jill. Hi, Adam. How's it going? Good. How are you? I'm doing great. You're wearing an amazing Stranger Things adjacent t-shirt. Yeah, so um, I'm wearing a t-shirt that is from a local t-shirt company. I, I strongly support the Cleveland local t-shirt economy. We have a very strong one. Yes, we do. Yes, we do. They get a lot of my money. Anyway, this particular one, um, it says Cleveland, Ohio, and it is written in a font style that mimics the uh, opening sequence of Stranger Things, like with the red and the It's the very, very good. Thank you. Um, can I ask which company it is? It is in one that I hadn't heard, for, heard of before. I think it was Ojai. Oh, okay. Um, I bought it at the In the 216 shop. There's an east side location and a west side location. Nice. So, um, something that people who aren't outside of Cle- who are outside of Cleveland won't understand about our uh, our city where we're from. Um, so Cleveland has this kind of like underdog complex kind of a thing, and it's always in our minds as Clevelanders, it's like us against the world. And like to be fair, for a long, long time, Cleveland was not the greatest place in the world, but like over the past five to ten years, mm-hmm. the city has been just exploding it's incredible what's happening here and so part of that has been this massive pride of our city and one of the things that has come from that pride is like you mentioned there are several cleveland t-shirt shops there's the one you mentioned there's where i'm from there's one called gv art there's one called Clee clothing um, fresh brewed. there's freshly brewed teas all these different companies who make wonderful t-shirts all about like cleveland there's a bunch of jokes. It's like, Cleveland, it's not that bad. Have a t-shirt. Like, we have, if you go to a Cleveland event, you'll see so many different Cleveland t-shirts, and yours is very, very good. Yeah, there's so many around this office. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Anytime the Cavs or Indians or Browns oh, play. Oh, yeah. You always know who's playing. <laughs> exactly. So, um, we'll get to what this episode is in a little bit. Uh, it's a little shorter and a, and a little different than normal, but before we do that, yesterday we celebrated our Halloween here at Overdrive. Um, if you follow us on Instagram at ProBookNerds, you may have seen our Instagram story. We went, Jill and I went around and took some pictures of some of our favorite costumes. But like, I can't, just, it's going to be hard to describe this in podcast form, but like, the amount of incredible costumes we have here. So I, Overdrive loves Halloween. I don't know where it comes from. I like, don't does it come from Steve? Like, I don't know where it comes from. Overdrive loves Halloween. Mm-hmm. They go all out for yeah. Halloween. Um and so yeah, we had a big we have a big party every year with a costume contest which Adam hosts. I do host it. He MCs it. I do. Um, I have fun with that. Yeah, there was there was an Elvis impersonator. Yeah, we had there an was El- karaoke. Yeah, there was, not only was there karaoke, but some people in our company are just straight fire at karaoke. Yeah. Like it's really fun to Towards the end of this party when they were doing the karaoke, like people would be singing and some of us went back to work and were doing things. And then you would hear someone singing, actually one of our trainers, Shannon, who hasn't been on the on, She's hasn't not, been on the yeah. podcast, but she killed she, it. She yeah. sang No Doubt, right? Mm-hmm. I'm just a girl. And like everyone stopped what they were doing and ran over to see who was yeah. singing. It was very, very wonderful. But so I got to MC our costume contest. So I have some favorites, but I wanna know, did you have favorite costumes that you saw? And then we can kind of just describe them to people. <laughs> I think Erica, who won the... So we have there's best female, best male, and then group costume. Um, the fact that Erica is, like, head of our legal department just made this 
even yeah, more magical. She, yeah, I, yeah I'll, I'll set the scene. <laughs> Erica is the, the woman that Jill's talking about. Is our uh, She's our head of legal counsel. So proceed. So she dressed as RBG. She, <laughs> not just like a judge. Like she wasn't just like Ruth Bader. I mean, she had obviously the judge's cloak. She had like this huge like pearl collar kind of thing. Yeah. Um, she had a crown. Yes. Yes, she And she, she did. carried, and she looks like her. Like, I, until she, I actually saw her, and, I mean, and she, she had her hair pulled back, and she had glasses on, um, which she has all the time, but, like, I was like, oh. Yeah. That's so good. Our head of legal counsel literally went as Ruth Bader Ginsburg, and then she, when she explained who she, because we have everyone come in, and when they're doing the costume contest, no matter how obvious their costumes are. I have them say who they are, mainly so that if it's a if it's a reference I didn't realize, I don't look silly. And so she's literally she literally said she's like, uh, "I'm Ruth Bader Ginsburg, the notorious RBG," and just show uh, sto- show stoppingly great. I know it was so good. Well, her sister Karen, who's Correct. your manager, yes, she, Karen, uh, she went as Ace Ventura. Yeah, she did. Also nailed it. And uh, Brian. And Brian, their brother. Yeah, there's three. They're all. Um, potash related they are that has nothing they're all wonderful he, people but <laughs> this cracked me up <laughs> he so we have name badges with our pictures on them right like you do what companies mm-hmm. and he, <laughs> he had like he went as his name badge he literally made a big giant cardboard name badge but then where his face would be in our normal name badge he just shoved his own face into it and it's just seeing people come up with such simple creative things um, one of our new recruiters, Emily, she cut together. T- she explained how she made this for to me. She cut together two uh, like laundry bags, and they're purple. And she cut a hole in it for her head. And it, she was a wacky waving, inflatable, arm flailing tube gal, like you would see on Family Guy or things like that. And then when I asked her, you know, to describe what she was, she basically just like started flailing around. <laughs> it was hysterical. Oh, so good. Um, a few others that I really loved. There was Peter Pan and Peter Pan's Shadow. Uh, like an all blacked out version of Peter Pan. Um, there was someone was dressed as Iron Man who was a cook and he was the next Iron Chef. That was very, very good. Um, there was, one of the group costumes was The Price is Right. One of the group costumes was The Price is Right. Another one of the group costumes was the entire cast of Clue. Yes, yes. Very, very good. Um, I think the quote-unquote group costume that won was Wayne and Garth from Wayne's mm-hmm. World. They were, And I didn't realize the, the guy who went as Garth looks a lot like Garth. <laughs> right, I know. It's so weird. It's, yeah. um, but we I, were there others that you had? I, there's one that we should shout out at, at the very end, Shannon. But before we talk about Shannon. Oh, yes, of course. Um those are, I think, those are the ones that the really top ones st- stood, stood out, out to me. Yeah. Um, okay, so Shannon, she was on our Instagram. She was also on Overdrive's Instagram and Twitter and everything. She's also the same Shannon who was on the Adult Horror Podcast. Yes, Shannon who was on the Adult Horror Podcast. Uh, when she says that she loves horror books and horror things, she's not lying. She's also, I think, it's safe to say the most crafty person I've ever met officially. Uh, so she makes a wonderful kind of sculpture or crafting idea every single year for halloween and i also learned that she makes all of her of her christmas gifts for her family 
And if you go to our Twitter, our Instagram, Overdrive's Instagram, any anything, any social media account attached to Overdrive or the podcast, she made a literal Demogorgon from Stranger Things, like exploding out of a wall from scratch. And it was bonkers how cool yeah. it was. Yeah. I sat right next to her. <clears throat> she worked on it, I think, for like two months. And yeah. So I would get pictures. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I, uh, she and I are friends on Instagram and like her Instagram story every yeah. day for the last like two months was what she was doing with the project. And it's incredible. Go check it out if you're a Stranger Things fan, which I'm assuming most people are. Um, so, so good. So that was just a quick recap. Well, of, in her costume then, she went as Joyce. <clears throat> um, yeah, she went oh, while you're coughing. Yeah, Joyce Byers. Correct. Uh, the one I know. Why know a writer character? Yes. I cannot talk today. Um yeah, and she had like the light up Christmas tree light necklace. And she also had flyers. She had flyers of, for her of missing Will. son, mm-hmm. and was like running around handing them out. She to was. Um, also, I just want to point this out. Somebody gave our overdrive account crap. They were like, "Oh, that's a demi dog. That's from season two. No, it's not. It was a demogorgon from season one. I got confirmation from her. It's incredible. Anyway, okay, that's our Halloween recap. We've been talking about Halloween for like two months. I feel like that'll be the last thing we talk about. Um, before we get to what this actual, like what the second half of this podcast is, because it's a little shorter, thought we could maybe just talk about the books you and I are reading right now. Sure. I am reading a book called, uh, I have to open my tablet because I cannot remember the author right now. Um, the book is called The Silent Companions by Laura Purcell. It, uh, it's out in, um, Britain right now. It won't come out until March of, uh, 2018 um in the u.s but it's um it reminds me of like a shirley jackson goose story um Mm -hmm. where this woman her uh, husband had died this is the 19th century her husband had died and and she is sort of sent to his um ancestral home which is neglected and um she has to sort of get used to that whole thing and it's some creepy stuff going on mm-hmm. so it's just a sort of a good old-fashioned it feels like a good old-fashioned ghost story yeah nice uh what i am reading right now is called blood rose rebellion it's a young adult it looks like it's the first of a trilogy it's by rosalind eves e-v-e-s um, it is kind of it's very much along the lines of what you've seen in a lot of ya books lately where there's uh courts and it's set in england um with like queens and princes and princesses and people have a lot of magic involved in their lives and um, the main character is she doesn't have the same magic that everyone else does but she has this unique ability to break spells and kind of the big construct of the whole book is that the upper class is keeping magic from other people in the world by using this specific spell called the binding and people are concerned that maybe she's able to break it and um, it feels very much along the same lines of like Queen of the Tearling to me, mm-hmm. um, which I really love. So um, I don't normally love, I've talked about this a lot, like, I don't normally love like Victorian or Tudor type stories, but I'm very much enjoying this one so far. So um, yeah, it's out now. It came out in, I think, March. So people can can borrow that as well. Um, normally, we've been doing this new thing where we've been talking about books, like classic books that people can go borrow. I don't have one for this, but I have a request for people. And maybe you can just came up. I was thinking about this and maybe you have one. So I have lots of books that I always read during Christmas. Uh But I can't think of anything that I always read during Thanksgiving. So I'm going to ask other people 
anyone listening, if they can send us an email at professionalbooknerds at overdrive.com, are there any like traditional books around Thanksgiving? Like there's Planes, Trains, and Automobiles, which is the best Thanksgiving movie. But I, I can't think of any books. So that's my challenge to our listeners. It's a good one. Yeah. I would love to get a Thanksgiving book recommendation. I'm turning the tables on everyone. There you go. Yes. Okay. So second half of this podcast, what what did we do? Oh, we right. Actual podcast. Actual topic. part of the podcast. Um, yeah. So Nancy Pearl came to our offices. Our best friend, Nancy Pearl. We love you, Nancy. Yes, we do. Uh, yeah, Nancy had, has been on the podcast uh, twice before, uh, but they were interviews we did over the phone, and um, she happened to be in Cleveland uh, for some events, and we were able to arrange her visit here at the Overdrive offices, so she got to come by and we got to hang out with her. Yes. And not just we, but like all of Overdrive, and we have a lot of librarians on staff who love her, mm-hmm. so... Yeah, and... So what we did was we recorded a video with originally we were going to record a video with her and then we were going to do a whole podcast as well. The video turned out wonderful. So we're like, well, let's just kind of turn that into a podcast. So what this is going to be is the beginning of her conversation will be with us. It's like 10 minutes or so where we talk about her book, George and Lizzie, and just a couple of different book recommendations and things like that. And then... There will be a little, or we'll do our little musical interlude, and then you're going to hear her talk about three different books. We put these on Overdrive's Instagram story last week. Um, what it is is the first book she talks about is the books that she, a book that made her fall in love with reading, and then a book that she's enjoying right now, and then the third one is a book that she is excited to read. So those will kind of go in quick succession. Um, we'll have the books in the show notes, like always, but. Just wanted to, you're not going to hear Jill or I talking in that second half. So I didn't want you to be like, what are these three things? Right. Um, and then we'll also have that. We're going to share that video on Overdrive's Facebook and our our social media as well. So if you want to see the first half of our conversation with, with Nancy, you, you can find us all over the place. Um, anything else you can think of for this one? I don't think so. All right, cool. Well, I hope you guys all enjoyed this short little conversation we had with our new best friend, America's librarian, Nancy Pearl. Hi, everyone. It's Adam and Jill again from the Professional Book Nerds. And man, are we excited. We are joined by one of our favorite people in the world, Nancy Pearl. Nancy, I'm trying to think how people wouldn't know who Nancy Pearl is. You are on NPR all the time. You have written several books. We're going to talk about your late, your first novel. But basically, we're going to gush in front of you for a long time. So thank you for joining us today. Oh, you're so welcome. I have to say the person I gushed over when I got to interview him was Terry Pratchett. So oh if I'm God. like in anybody's gushing category, that is like makes me so well, happy. You're sitting in overdrive and we have so many librarians here. You're kind of like our Terry Pratchett. That's, you are, that's, that is accurate. That is accurate. Oh, Jill. <laughs> say the nicest things to me. (laughs) So you have written a novel. I have. Just unbelievable to me. Um, I never, it wasn't something that I said, oh, I'm going to write a novel someday. It it really came about because these two characters, George and Lizzie, came to me one night and um, while I was trying to fall asleep and 
I knew how they met. They met at a bowling alley in Ann Arbor, and I knew just a little bit about them. You know, I knew how old they were. They were young. Lizzie was a freshman in college. George was in his first year of dental school. But then they didn't leave me. They just stayed with me in my head for several years, and I would tell myself stories about them every night before I went to sleep. And every day it felt like I got to know them better and better, and they became more three-dimensional. And I got to know about their families and their childhoods and their friends, but I wasn't writing anything down until one day, really several years after I first discovered them in my head, I started writing, I, I couldn't find anything to read. And people call this different, like some people say it's a reading funk. Mm-hmm. I always called it my reading lull, but funk is better because that's how you feel. It's it's the time when you when you really you really want something to read, but you can't find anything that matches exactly what you need. And I get very grumpy at those times and I you know, I like how come Ann Tyler isn't writing faster? <laughs> you know, like why didn't Lori Colwyn die? I mean, why did Lori Colwyn <laughs> die so young? Um, that kind of thing. Where are those character-driven books that I love so much? And I couldn't find anything. And I, by this time in my life, I can't reread because I've reread my favorite books so much I could quote from them. Mm-hmm. So that wasn't nothing was meeting that need. And then I thought. I have these characters in my head. What if I sat down and and you know tried writing it down? Um, and so it would be very fun to say I took my you know sharpened my quill pen and dipped it into you know an ink bottle and then started writing on parchment. But instead, I sat down at my dining room table and opened my lap book Pro mm-hmm. and started typing the what is the first section of the book and. I just, I, I'm still, but I, you're making probably so many people happy hearing that because everyone gets in those like reading ruts. Yeah. And just knowing like, oh, the, the person who's always known for yeah. recommending books is also <laughs> yes, in those reading right, ruts. Right. Um, so do you think that this will be something you continue, continue doing? Well, I think that I could have continued. Mm-hmm. I mean, if it hadn't been a, if it hadn't been a book, I mean, I I wrote it. I wrote it for me. I mean, I didn't write it thinking, would my agent like this or would other people like it. I mean, I wrote it for me and shared it with people who read the kind of books that I enjoyed reading. Which this was the kind of book that that was totally. Um, so, but then. But then that book had to come to an end somehow, you know, sure. just finished. And there was lots more I could have put in the middle, I think, but it seems at this moment done. Mm-hmm. But I don't ever see myself leaving that world of George and Lizzie. And it's set during the 1990s. Both the characters, all the people, their friends were born around 1970. So it's totally not my generation, which made it even more fun to write about. Um, so I sort of see that I could take a few of the minor characters and, and turn them into major characters. But then I think about how much 
work it is. <laughs> <laughs> that it is not easy. Sure. Um, That's so funny. Yeah, you know. So when you say the type of books that you like yes. to read, how yes. would you describe those types of books? Yes, so my the types of books, so I could give you like a, a description of the type of book that I like to read, but at the same time, I could tell you all these other books that are that you that nobody would put in that right. little category, but that share the important the two important things to me, if that makes sense. So that so I love character driven novels. I mean, when I'm reading a novel, I want to get to know the characters in meaningful ways. And I don't just want descriptions. I remember reading one novel several years ago, and all that he did in that novel, in, with every time he introduced a character, he told exactly what he was wearing. Mm -hmm. You know, and I thought that is not getting to know a character. <laughs> so I, I, and I want the action in the book or the plot of the book to grow from who the characters are, and not have the characters grow from the plot. So character-driven books and books that are really well-written. I'm the kind of person who, you know, I've kept notebooks of my favorite poems and favorite quotations for years and years and years. So those are the kinds of books that I'm always, always looking for. Um, but I read tons and tons of thrillers and mysteries, but they have to have, they have to be nicely written enough that I don't get you know, doesn't set my teeth on edge, <laughs> right? You know, and um, and it, they have to have really interesting characters. So a book that did that for me is *In the Woods* by Tana French. We love Tana French yeah. here. Yeah. Yes. So you know, I I have not loved her her latest four or five right. as much as the, the first, first one. The first one and really the first three. Okay. I think were great, but *In the Woods*. I remember I was just uh, knocked over by that book because look, it's so nicely written and it has those two main characters who are complex and complicated yep. and their relationship is so interesting and that's where I learned about the computer game Worms mm -hmm. I, I, just, I <laughs> from that about. book. Yes. Which, um, so, yeah. yeah, so that was... That's fantastic. <laughs> My favorite childhood book was um, a fantasy by Edward Eager called Half Magic, and it really set the standard for me of what fantasy novels should be. It's about a group of kids, uh, uh, brothers and sisters, four of them, who are walking home from school and find a very strange coin that they first think is a nickel, but then they discover that if they wish on it, if they say something like, I wish I were home, that will take them exactly halfway to whatever their wish is. And so the book is about finding the magic, learning about the magic, taming it, because you know, if you say, oh, I wish something bad happened, half that badness would happen to that person, and then um, using the magic. And it's just a delightful book. Edward Eager went on to write um, six or seven other books. Another one for real library lovers is um, Seven Day Magic, a book that you can check out of the library for only seven days, and each chapter takes you to another 
um, another adventure, and the best one is with Laura Ingalls Wilder. It's just a wonderful book, Seven Day Magic, and I got to, I got to, I got to meet Edward Eager when I was like eight, and he he was just wonderful, and he died way 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 too young. I think he would be a major, a major children's writer if he had lived. One of my favorite nonfiction writers is Steve Kahl, who writes, um, has written a lot about the Middle East and um, and U.S. politics. And he was the um, India bureau chief for the New York Times in 1989. And he has a new book coming out, which is enormous, so it's perfect to read on, on your Kindle because um, it's like over, it's almost, I think, almost a thousand pages. But he writes so wonderfully that it's not a book that you wanna skip around. I mean, you just wanna read it and, and, and so we understand the world better. And the name of the book is Directorate S the CIA in America's Secret Wars in Afghanistan and Pakistan, 2001 to 2016. If anybody could write this book, um, it's Steve Kahl. One. So the book I'm reading now is a novel by Ian Basingthwaite um, called Hello from Cairo, and it's um, a story set really today, in today's world, and two of the main characters, one is a woman who's a refugee from Iraq, whose husband, because he was working for the Americans and was very badly shot and beaten up uh, because of his uh, connection with the Americans, is now in the United States. He was allowed to emigrate to the United States, but his wife is still um, was left in Baghdad, left in, in, in Iraq, and then moved to Egypt. So she is one of the characters who is now trying to get immigration papers to live with her husband in the United States. Another major character is a young man who works for a lawyer who works for the UN High Commission on Refugees, which, which um, works for, which help bring people out of their countries when they're in trouble there and resettle them elsewhere. And the relationship that the two have is very interesting to me, but this is set during the protests uh, in Egypt. And it's, uh, it, it combines a lot of the things that I'm interested in that kind of current affair, current events, but also um, really interesting characters. And there's some humor in it, which for such a tragic subject, it, it, you might find unexpected or jarring, but it, it, for me, it, it's fitting together. Readers can sample and borrow the titles mentioned in today's episode from Overdrive.com, and our library friends can add these titles to their collections and marketplace. mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.